everybody. Welcome back to Couch Potato Sports Presents Crash the Net Podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Reed. I'm here joined, as always, by Kelsey Hammond. Kelsey, how are you doing tonight? Doing good, thanks. How are you? Uh, you know, not doing too bad. Riding a little bit of a high after uh, squeaking out a win last night. But, you know, a win's a win, five in a row. So, feels pretty good right now. Heck yeah. I mean, I'll take it. Uh, wasn't pretty. Not all of them are going to be, but... Getting the two points is kind of kind of all that matters for sure. Yeah, I mean, we'll and we'll go over uh, the games proceeding last night. But you know, going into last night, Ottawa had been off for I think it was nine days. They hadn't played a single game. They had a COVID outbreak. Um, you know, all expectations led to the way that the Abs had performed recently. You know, dominating. Uh, against the Canucks, against Seattle. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. It just kind of is upsetting when you can't have a f- grasp on a game like you should and you kind of let a team that in all expectations should have been kind of floundering. Um, you let them dominate and control the pace for almost two full periods. Yeah, it was it was a weird game, you know. I think, uh, you know, Kemper had a rough game. I think at one point he had given up, you know, three or four goals on, you know, eight shots, and the Avs were kind of peppering them with, you know, 10, 15, you know, 20 shots. So just one of those games where it's like, you know, goaltending wasn't really there on both sides. Um I didn't feel like the Avs played horrible, but they just didn't play, you know, kind of with the new expectation of, like, the win streak. But, you know, the same people that were playing that we kind of expect and play, you know, to play well absolutely showed up, you know. Kadri and Berkey, um, Cam Carr, as always. Like, those guys that just consistently play well played well and whereas you kind of got like that secondary support you know they kind of they kind of fell off last night but it's nothing you know to me to raise a red flag about or you know don't bring out your panic button not during this five game win streak oh god no don't you do it well you know it's not that it's not that i'm pulling out the panic button by any means i mean you're you're gonna it's an 82 game season you're gonna have games like last night they pulled out a win you know like you've said um, you know, the, the bad teams don't win that game because they give up after a period and a half. But the Avs were able to come back and, you know, all hail Kale because without that player on the ice, uh, the Avs are not where they are. And last night definitely would not have worked out in their favor. Yeah. Um, had, this, had this game been played early on in the season when they were still, you know, working off the list and stuff, this easily would have been a game, you know, where the abs just kind of rolled over and called it a night. Um, But again, those big time players that the team is just consistently leaning on are again, just constantly showing up. You know, it's, it's incredible to see kind of that balance of where the team in general isn't playing well, but you're still, you're still able to pull out the W and that's all that, you know, that really matters. I think it was a good wake up call. Maybe the team was getting a little, a little cocky, a little confident, you know, with scoring as much as they did and not, you know, they scored another seven goals last night, but just kind of 
you still got to earn those seven goals. You're not going to face every team. It's just going to be a week-long COVID, you know, be able to just walk in there. Um, and I think it was just a weird game. It's the best way to describe it, but glad, very glad, you know, we got the W. It could be a completely different conversation had we lost that game. Um, you know, kind of kind of spiraling of, again, just expectations and consistency. Yeah, and I mean, you brought up a good point with, you know, the the key players really stepping into their roles of late. Um, you know, one can argue it's since Nathan McKinnon left on injury, but, you know, it, I, I don't think it really truly correlates. Um, but, you know, you have a guy like Nas Kadri that going into the season, I mean – I, I honestly didn't have very high expectations of him. He didn't do well last year. Um, you know, obviously with the playoffs and uh, his s- suspension, he didn't have any impact there. So the fact that he's come in, he's on a nine-game point streak. Um, you know, in that nine games, he's put up 19 points. Um, you know, the the Canucks game is a great example of just the kind of player that he is. I mean, three points on the night, um, kind of that pest of a player. I mean, that that goal that he got in front of the net uh, to go up, what was that, three to two? And he gets cross-checked in the back after he scored into the freaking goalpost by JT Miller. And, you know, that's just what Kadri does. He kind of gets under your skin, and I guarantee you that he had said stuff to Miller throughout the night and not – justifying the hit that JT Miller took on Nas, but it's just, that's just the kind of player that Nas is. And I love having a guy like that on the team that actually makes an impact and isn't just that pest, you know? Yeah. I think this is kind of the expectation the Avs had when they traded for him a few years ago. I think it just took him a little while. Um, but I mean, this is this is what he's been capable of. This is kind of what they expected out of him. Um, you know, I don't think Nas is a dirty player. I don't think, you know, the scoring had been missing the last few seasons. But like, this is it. Like, it just feels yeah. like a kind of a I have arrived moment, which is, I mean, literally what the Avs needed. That that second line of Val and uh, Kadri and Berkey. I mean, just on fire unstoppable um and that's that's what they needed especially with you know mckinnon out um and kind of shifting those lines around so it's just been it's incredible to see him you know grow into that score i think he's been playing um bednar had mentioned it as well you know last night in the press conference of just how well he's been playing defensively you know too um you'll see him you know he'll take a shot down down in the you know the offensive zone, but then hustle all the way back to make the play defensively. Um, and that's just stuff that we weren't seeing, you know, really. Mm-hmm. Um, the physicality is always going to be there. You know, last night's penalty was pretty much a bear hug. Um, yeah. But it's, it come it comes with the territory. It comes with just who he is. And I think he's doing a great job of balancing that and really just more so putting an emphasis on, getting the puck on the net, making smart plays. Is he going to take a penalty every now and then? Absolutely. Well, and, you know, it's not just Kadri that's been really coming in, into his own. Uh, you know, look at LOC and, you know, on that first line, he may not be producing like Kadri is, but 
you know, he's he's definitely accenting what Landis Gog and Rantanen do because um, he has that similar kind of speed as McKinnon. He's physical like McKinnon is, um, not putting him in the same upper echelon as McKinnon. But, you know, it's, it's just – it's nice to see uh, these – just kind of players that we wanted to see come into their own really pick up their game. Yeah. I think LSC's done a decent job on the first line. I think Bednar shook up the lines a little bit last, um, last night, midway through the game. Um, I kind of, maybe it's just because he had played so well, you know, on the lines, the other lines, you know, I was really expecting, you know, Goals, assists, you know, really getting the points up there. Um, yeah. With playing with Landeskog and um, Miko, but it's understandable. I mean, you're on the first line. It's not anything to joke about. It's a different, you know, you're playing against the opposing team's best players as well. Um, so he's done good, but holy cow, can we just talk about him on the penalty kill? I mean, yes. Darren Helm and LOC seem to create more offensive opportunities on the penalty kill then I've remembered, you know, with any abs team, I would almost feel safe to say ever, but as of recent, I've never seen this many penalty kill opportunities that's, that turned into scoring chances. Well, and it kind of reminds me of, you remember Chris Stewart when he played for the abs? Oh, yeah. He, he kind of had that same mentality on the penalty kill. You know, it wasn't just let me get the puck out of the zone. It was, you know, if I see a chance, I'm taking it. Um, I remember, if I remember right, there was one point in that Chris Stewart led the league in uh, shorthanded goals. You know, and right now, LOC and Darren Helm are kind of bringing that aspect back into the Avs. And, you know, it's really fun to watch because, you know, it can get super tiring on the goaltender and, you know, obviously the players when they're stuck in the defensive zone on the penalty kill and they're just perpetually just trying to get the puck out. Whereas now you have Darren Helm and LOC, and rather than trying to get the puck out, they're trying to get the puck up ice and create an opportunity on net before getting off. Yeah, I mean, like, and that's an element that teams are forced to take note of. So when you're playing a team where, you, you know, you, you, there's, they're not really creating those opportunities, they're just looking to dump the puck, you know, you feel comfortable because you know, like there's not really anything unless you coughed up, you know, right at the blue line and there's a breakaway. Yeah. I mean, there's really, there's nothing else that you expect to happen when you play the abs. Like you have to be on your toes. You are, you know, aware. And I think when you're aware and you're subconsciously thinking about, you know, Hey, I gotta be careful because yeah, they're going to, they're going to jump up. They're going to force the play. You know, I think that changes the dynamic of how opposing teams power plays, you know, look at us. Are we going to give up power play goals? Yeah, absolutely. But it forces the, you know, the opposing team to just kind of have that side eye, be aware, and not fully put their thought and their effort into the power play. And I think that's something that's going to become extremely valuable, you know, down the line, come playoffs. Um, teams are just going to have to be aware, you know, of Darren Helm, LOC, and, you know, what they bring when they're on the ice. Well, and I mean, Darren Helm, man, um, he's not the big point getter, but you really notice the speed that he still carries when he's on that penalty kill. 
I mean, last night, him and him and LOC getting up ice, the guy was keeping up with LOC. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's so, it's again, just so incredible to see, you know, the guys that aren't going to be your big name guys, but are, you know, sitting there writing articles for, you know, player grades and stuff like that. And it's so, you know, they have a quiet rest of the game, but when they're on the penalty kill, like, you know, they're out there, you know, the other team is watching them. Um, and that there's there's always a chance. I mean, it's just the hustle, the hard work. Um, you just can't beat it with those two. Absolutely. Uh, and then, you know, we have some other guys who are starting to catch some fire right now. And, uh, you know, most is uh, Makar right now. I mean, he's had back-to-back games with two goals. Um, he had a, what was that, a three-point night last night? And then... In Seattle, he had a three-point night, you know, two goals and an assist. Um, it, it's it's just great to see everybody really stepping up. And Makar, man, I don't know what – like, I know you were at the game in the press box, so you can't really see some of the things that I, that you see on TV. But that last goal by Makar, where he's coming from the point, makes that little spin move, turns around and shoots. The, the look in his eye – because they had a camera angle that looked right at his face. Mm-hmm. And he makes that turn and he comes up and you can just see he he knew exactly where that puck was going. I mean, I, I haven't seen that from a player since, well, not since, but unless I watch Ovechkin. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so Cam McCarter, you know, was, was at one of the uh, post-game press conferences and he was actually asked about that. You know, hey, what's what's changed because you were just scoring, you know, kind of at like an ungodly pace for, you know, compared to last season, the first part of this season. Um, and he and a defenseman. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I'm pretty sure he led the team in shots last night. At one point I checked, he had seven shots on net as a defenseman. I mean, just stats and stuff that are just, just unheard of. Uh, Coach Bednar came out and, you know, it's kind of asked the same question about, Hey, like, what is the, what is going on with Caleb? Like, what is, what, what is so different this year? And, you know, coach talked about, you know, just being able to use the point and using his wrist shot. And instead of deferring the pass to somebody else, taking the shot, like he has an incredible, incredible shot. He Mm -hmm. can maneuver the point on the power play. I mean, it is just, again, I think it's just building that confidence and, now that the puck's going in, now that the goal, you know, the goals are starting to happen, like I absolutely could see him consistently taking, you know, five to seven shots a game. I mean, he has the shot to back it up. And I think being the kind of the younger guy, kind of just getting into the NHL, he was deferring a lot, you know, kind of like Bednar said the last couple of seasons to other players on the power play. Whereas this season, he is taking the shot from the point. He is getting, you know, there is traffic in front of the net and he's capitalizing it or capitalizing on those those shots um it is just so insane it is so much fun to watch him play and what he can do on the ice i mean it is just it's mind-blowing it feels like he's out there for every single shift every single big play um you know his name's associated to it he's out there for the penalty kills i mean it gets to the point where you're just like what can't this guy do um it is just so so much fun to watch you know tv press box in the stands you name it the 
the atmosphere is just still incredible whenever that guy touches the puck. Well, I mean, in the scariest premise, and I want you to think about this for a second, Kale McCarr isn't even as good as he will be. He's in his third NHL season. That's it. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely room for growth. It's hard to imagine, like, what else could he get better at? But, yeah, that that puts it into perspective. I mean, where he's at, the growth he's made this season alone, um, that's crazy. It's just crazy to think about, like, where, you know, where he kind of plateaus or where his peak is at. It just seems to keep going up. Well, and with defensemen, I mean, they usually, the old mantra with defensemen was, you know, they're not truly developed as an NHL defenseman until their fifth season, right? Yeah, absolutely. And they sent those guys in the minors for a long time. Yeah. You know, and kind of work their way up into the, you know, the lineup, you know. They're definitely they're not like up there. The pitchers of hockey, in the yeah. sense, you know, yeah, like definitely. And it's, it's it's just crazy to me because you have this kid who comes out of college, and you know he's he's already the talk of the NHL before he ever hits the ice in the NHL. Comes in his first game in the NHL is a playoff game against Calgary Flames, and he walks in to scores right and. Here we are three years later, and we're, we're witnessing the rise of possibly one of the greatest defensemen of our generation. I mean, it, it's just insane to think that this little red-faced kid is as good as he is. Yeah, I mean, it's the opportunities, the growth is just endless. I think everybody, when he walked into the NHL, Everybody knew he was defensively sound. Like that was never yeah. in question. And I think now we're just seeing, you know, the shot develop. The, you know, shot or not the shots, um, you know, jumping up in the play. Like you're seeing those those start to creep in, start to, you know, get more confidence. Um, and it's just it's so much fun to watch. <laughs> It, it it really is. And, you know, what he's really done of late is he's added that to the power play unit. You know, you and I were on here, what was it, two episodes ago, griping about how bad the power play was. We were at 9%. We were down in the bottom of the league between Arizona and Seattle. And I just want to let you know, Kelsey, the Az are in the top 10 right now. Actually, we're number nine at Find 22%. Like, get it. And it's crazy to think of because this is in a six game span that you think that we're talking about here. You know, you have six games in which you go from 9% on the power play to 22%. A team that really truly was struggling in getting any opportunities and getting any plays set up. And now, I mean, even last night in a win that was pretty ugly they were able to get movement of the puck i mean that that power play that they had in the second i think was the best power play i've seen in five years not get a goal you know what i mean it was tape to tape passes 
He had complete control and possession of the puck for a minute and a half in the offensive zone. Ottawa couldn't do anything with it, and they were just peppering shots on net. Yeah, I mean, the power play is always, again, same thing with the penalty kill. Those are going to be critical moments of the game. Um, and again, when it, you're scoring six, seven goals a night, those some of those better be power play goals. I'd be extremely upset if we score 31 goals and, you know, our power play percentage is still, you know, in the dump. Yeah. Um, but again, like, what are, you know, everybody last year, again, we just talked about last year and the expectations for this year. Last year, the team was it, like, that was it. Everybody believes, including myself, like that was the chance at the Stanley Cup. And what was one of the common denominators between last year and within the last five, six games this right now on this streak? You're getting those power play chances. You're working hard. You're checking. Um, I mean, literally, like, just Nico Ranson last night, I don't remember what period it was, you know, just skating on the board, down the board. It's hard work, you know, gets the call. Those are the things, you know, the team was lacking at the beginning part of the season, and we're starting to see pick up again. So when you're getting five six power play chances you got to get those in you got to get a few of those those in um to continue to have success um and that's that seems to be picking up obviously the stats are showing it going from you know ninth or you know however bad we were what is that i can't do math but anyway it's terrible (laughs) terrible yeah it was terrible nine percent yeah so i mean like obviously that's a huge jump you're scoring 31 goals. Some of those better be a power play goal or there's other issues. Yeah. Um, but it's, it definitely is a factor in the, you know, the success, the team's success. Well, I, it, the success is, I mean, the power play is paramount in success of a, of a good team. I mean, you look at teams over the last 10 years that have won the Stanley cup and, they've carried top 10 power plays. I mean, without that, you don't have, because like you said, it's that pivotal moment in the game, your third period, there's five minutes to go. They, the other team takes a tripping penalty and here's your chance to come back and tie it. So it's, it's great that we're, we're finally starting to see it. um, You know, after some struggles early that, kind of the wheels are starting to turn the train's starting to move and we're all starting to hop back aboard and uh here we go abs hype train definitely and here's like the other scary part too is like we're still trying we're still getting healthy so we went down with the injury bug and now we're like on you know the other side of that swing of getting getting healthy again nathan mckinnon's out there practicing you know in the red um non-contact jersey same thing with Bo byram um martin Cout. We're about to get healthy, healthy again, you know. And imagine what the power play looks like at that point. Imagine the depth um, of what our power play, what those three, four lines are going to look like. You know, it's it's only going to get better from here. Exactly, and I mean, um, I actually saw a report today. I wanted to ask if you heard anything on it. Um, Bo Byram is a possibility for Friday. Yeah. Um... I think I was – there's reports out there that they – so what did Bednar say at practice on Sunday? The goal is to have Francois and Byram 
um, travel with the team. They might not play. Francois was at morning skate. Um, and then the goal for Nathan McKinnon is um, not this week, but the week before um, the road trips, like that first week of December. Um, okay. So guys are getting close. I mean, it is um, – they're getting there, you know, and getting healthy, and it's going to be a huge factor. Now, I, I'm asking this as a kind of devil's advocate because I've seen so many people saying this. So, the Az are on a five-game win streak. Let's say over the next uh, – you said – the first week of December, possibly for an eight. So we'll say the Avs win three of the next five. Okay. So Avs are riding high. You know, they've, they've gone on and won all but two games since Nate was gone. He comes back. Does that mess with any of the chemistry or any of the production that we're seeing right now? Or is it just an added bonus? Because what, Everybody is thinking, you know, I don't know if you've dipped into Facebook over the past day or so, but it's been comical uh, because everybody says, oh, McKinnon was the problem to start the season. Well, you definitely can't to say Nathan McKinnon's a problem. Well, it's ridiculous. You had Kale McCarr that was dealing with injury. Obviously, Nate. I mean, there was a lot of things going on with the team, you know, the first part of the season. Um, yeah. And I mean, like, as I mentioned before, you know, Nate McKinnon is walking in with a team that's riding high right now. So he doesn't have to carry the pressure of getting a team out of a slump of, you know, getting the scoring groove going again, you know, that's already happening. So he can walk in kind of ease back into it. Um, and he's Nathan McKinnon. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see how that could mess with the chemistry. You know, he's been here a while. He's played with all the lines. Um, he knows the expectations and I think it'll just, it's only going to get better. I can't imagine that, you know, them going into a downward spiral, you know, because Nathan McKinnon, the best player in the NHL, you know, returns to their team. Well, and I agree a hundred percent. I just, honestly, I think it's hilarious when I see stuff like that on the Colorado Avs fans. And it's like, well, you're, you're, so what you're saying is that Nathan McKinnon, arguably one or two, best player in the league, depending on who you ask, is bad for the team. So that's where we're at now. Coming coming from a person who played hockey and just, you know, being around it, like, holy shit, is the sport superstitious? I mean, people, their fans, the teams. I mean, when things are going good, it is like, do not, do not change a muscle. Do not change your socks. Put your You're gear right. on the exact same way. So that, that, that's not a surprising reaction. I think people are just so easy to run to that just because, you know, we did start the season off kind of off with a rough patch. Um, let things settle down a bit. I mean, the ads aren't, you know, I would love it, but the ads are going to lose a game every now and then. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, saying that's Nathan McKinnon's fault or because he is or isn't on the ice, you know, it's just emotions. Emotions get the best of us. Yes. Yes. And honestly, uh, a situation where the motions got the best of me recently was watching the Seattle game. And, you know, they start their backup goalie 
And I don't know why. Like, I don't know what the reasoning was, if Gru needed a rest, what it was. But I just found it funny, you know, okay, we're not going to play Gru Bauer. So what the Avs do, they came in and they lit him up for four goals in a period. And they bring in Gru Bauer. And the Avs say, hello, welcome back to the ice against us and drop another three on him. Um, I just... I, I just thought it was hilarious that Grubauer comes in and we pepper him for another three. It's hard. I I was such a big Grubauer fan. Um, I was very sad to see him leave. Um, so it was hard. I don't necessarily know. I was cheering, you know, that he got lit up. But I also think, like, that's what happens when you're not playing in front of Kale McCarr and Devin Tays and, you know, a stacked defense. Um you know that he was that he had when he was here in Colorado um so shit kind of just happens um no it's not funny don't laugh at him Trevor Chief. well and it's Heartless. not like in <laughs> this the saddest part is I like Grubauer I have no malfeasance against him I understand why he left longer term slightly more money but it was basically the term and you know the, as a goaltender you really that's his one big contract. Okay. It's not like he's going to go after this contract and go light up the world as a starter somewhere else. He's going to likely be a backup in the later parts of his career. So I get it. And I, I, I like Grubauer as a goaltender. He did great for us last year without him in net. We wouldn't have got where we got, but something about that game and just against Grubauer and it just, put a smile on my face for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe we, because we got the W. I mean, getting wins <laughs> to put smiles on your face. Sure, we'll you go know, with that. You know, think, but you, know, you face a Varlamov, you, you know, these guys that have done so much for the team. You know, I know Grubauer wasn't here nearly as long as um, Varley, but they just you know, I feel like, and I'll always feel this way, like the team had we had the team we had, you know, last year, this year, as of recent, it'll always make me wonder, like, how Varley would have done, how Grubauer would have done. Yeah. Um, you know, because I do think they played really well. I do think, like, they stole a few games. Um, I just don't think the team was right, quite up there yet to be balanced um, as they are now, where Kemper can, you know, all Kemper has to do is show up and do his job, you mm-hmm. know. Um, he had a rough night last night, but I mean, you still get the W and I think that's so, that's so important is that you can have those off games. You can, you know, not everybody play as well as they're expected. And if you can still walk away with the W, I mean, that, that is to me, that is the secret to the league is still having off games and walking out with the win. Exactly. I mean, when, when you look at it, you know, you bring up Varley, um, you know, another guy I have nothing but respect for. One of my, I personally like Varley a lot, you know. Um, but it's all about the team that's in front of a goaltender. A goaltender is only as good as what's in front of them. And Mark andre Fleury is a great example of that. Look at what he had with the Chicago team when he won the Cup with the Golden Knights, you know. And with Chicago now, he's they're struggling. Um, you know, they're not doing absolutely great like they like Marc Andre Fleury would be. Um and 
it's yeah. all a product of what is put out on the ice and yeah I Kemper mean, Kemper really has the opportunity to let it ride and you know if this team can really get get going the rest of the season like they have been then we have a good cup contending team on our hands yeah I agree I mean bolting is such you know you can you can only do so much um but it, it really is a product of how the team's playing in front of you, the communication with the defensemen, you know, and those nights when you let five goals in on 20 shots and your team still can score seven, you know, that's how he may have not have stolen the game, but the team definitely stole the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I mean, we've, we've gone over uh, kind of this week's in games, uh, you know, the players that have been doing good, I kind of wanted to see, you know, we're at a good point in the season to to ask, you know, who are your top five impact players on the abs right now? You think that would be an easy question. Um, But I think it's, you know, for me personally, you're going to have kind of your obvious ones, you know, McCarr, um, uh, Kadri, um, but then it kind of got to go kind of dig a little deep. I think that big Val is just brings something to this lineup that nobody else can provide. I mean, there's literally not another Val Nishushkin out there and the team misses that. I mean, it's, it's so clear when he's on the ice again, just super impactful um, brings that element to the team. And then same thing with Devin Tate. I think just like, Again, when you're gone, you're kind of – you forget what you have. And mm-hmm. Devin Tays last night jumping up on the play like that um, and getting the goal, I just think the experience, the knowledge um, is just incredible, um, something you can't kind of take for granted. And then the fifth, fifth player. Hmm. That's a good one. I'd have to, I'd have to think about it. So while you think, I'll kind of give you I, – I have my, my set of five. Of course you do. Let's and hear your five. <laughs> so mine's in order of really where I think they've impacted on the abs so far. Um, obviously, Kadri for me is number one just because of, of late, his play. Um, I got McCart at number two, obviously lighting it up, uh, seven goals on the season. He's got back-to-back games with two goals, so – very impactful, made a huge, huge mark right now. Rantanen, um, tied for first on the team with goals, and you know, he's just he's Rantanen, uh, just impactful as he is. I have Val at four because, well, since Val's come back, they're five and oh, so six and oh with him in the lineup kind of goes to show. You know, his, he's impactful. Yeah. yeah, you know his value, his value for sure. And then my fifth, and you may disagree, but I think EJ. And it's it's not for the production. He's not putting up big points. He's not that guy who's always going to be on the scoreboard. But he has brought a defensive presence to this team that they've needed. I mean, his willingness to put his body out in front of shots, he's breaking up plays in the defensive zone. He's got more energy than I've seen since he's came to the abs right now. 
I mean, it, it's it's just looking great for a guy that's been gone for almost two seasons. Yeah, I would agree. I think he brings like that leadership, kind of the the calm, cool, and collected feel um, to the team. And it's yeah, you know, again, something that used to just fall on you know the first line shoulders. You know, that leadership that you know the captaincy can kind of fall onto his onto some of those those other guys that he just you know so well respected in the locker room on the ice off the ice i mean yeah i would i would have to agree with that that's definitely a good pick so is that your fifth then would be ej no, or is... no, 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 no. okay that's what, you, you said i would have to agree I, with that so i, I was like where are you going that was a good point is that my fifth no uh, who am I going to go with? I'm going to go with. Boy, can you give me a heads up next time we're going to talk about this on the podcast? Jeez, Louise. No, that's why it's more fun. Rolling me out there. Hmm. 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 You know, it'll be interesting when he comes back. And we get criticism for this one. But Bo Byram. I think he was really on the rise before he took the elbow to the head. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, he had made really big, you know, leaps and bounds of growth from last year to this year. Um, And I hope that he can kind of just pick up where he left off. Um, But again, we'll kind of see on that. But I think when he was out there and he was playing, you know, he just was, he was impactful. You noticed him out there. Um, and just unfortunately got got the injury. What's really funny is you say Bo, and I can send you a picture of my note sheet. I have EJ, and in parentheses, maybe Bo. So, I mean, it's like you said, he's before the elbow to the head, he, he really was coming into his own, the, the, the ability to jump up into the offensive zone, um, his aggression on the puck. He was physical. He was chirpy. He was getting at guys, you know, he wasn't backing down. That's the kind of defenseman I like to see, you know, it's, it's, he could definitely be that impact pivotal player. But one thing I thought was kind of funny and I was waiting till after you you said your fifth. Neither of us said McKinnon. McKinnon's got what? One goal for the season. You know, I think from the beginning part of this when the season started, he just something always seemed off. He never he never really found him um, with anything. I think, you know, like now that he's getting back and he's gonna come back healthy, like he could, you know, be rocking and rolling. But the first part of the season, it just wasn't, it wasn't the same. You know, I don't know if he was dealing with something earlier or what was going on, you know, but I think now that he's, you know, getting back on the ice, he's skating, hopefully back for the road trip, you know, things are going to be different. I agree 100%. I mean. Uh, Ask that question in another 20 games. We'll revisit it, that. <laughs> exactly. And I'll, I'll pencil that in. Um, so that's going to be in this. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> at this date. On this <laughs> so with McKinnon, I mean, yeah, he hasn't been an impact on that team this year thus far. 
Um, a lot of hockey left. There's exactly. I mean, we're what 15 games or 18 games into a season. So it's an 82 game season. Now McKinnon's not going to go win the heart this year. Um, at least I don't think that's going to be possible, especially with uh, the fact he's missed some games and Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are doing Leon Dreisaitl and Con- Connor McDavid things. But when he comes back, he will make an impact. We can let them have the heart. We'll take the Stanley Cup. It's okay. That's exactly. I don't give a damn about that that heart trophy. <laughs> um, it's just he he's going to come back. He's going to make this team better. He's going to put some weight on his shoulders that you know, maybe needs to be divided up a little bit more. And right now it looks like the team is ready for that. And they're going to take that. They're going to run. And I think that this is a team, if they continue what they've done the last five games, they are poised and they are ready to take this to the cup. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's early on, but it's a good win streak. It's a good learning, you know, opportunity and, We'll just kind of keep taking it game by game. It's the NHL. It's it's hard to win games. It's it's a lot of games. I don't know if you looked at the schedule recently, but those guys are going to get peppered. I know, you know, the first part of the season, it was hard to find a groove because they're playing like once every three, four days. Um, that's not going to happen anymore. They have a grueling schedule coming up after the first of the year. Yes. Every other day, back-to-back games. I mean, there is a lot of hockey to be played. <laughs> Well, I'm looking right now. I mean, they've got just in January alone, they've got six or 17 games in January. They've got three sets of back-to-backs. And then February, obviously, we have the All-Star and Olympic break this year. Um, So they come back in March, and we've got uh, 15 games in March. And then looks like another 15 in April. So, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is they really got to keep going. They got a lot of a tough schedule ahead, a lot of games coming up um, starting at the beginning of the year. And, you know, we've got about 14 games left until the first of the year. So, but let's get some games strung together. Let's get McKinnon back. Let's get Bo back. And let's make a run at this, Kels. Yep, absolutely. Let's let the fun times continue. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on tonight, Kels. I uh, hope you have fun at your next next game. And I appreciate everybody listening to Couch Potato Sports Presents Crash Net Podcast. You guys have a good night. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I almost forgot that. Thank Jeez. you, Kelsey. What would you do without me? <laughs> I'm not sure yet. All right, Kelsey, you have a good night and happy yeah. Thanksgiving to you as well. See ya.